Welcome to Rewished, a charmed 1998 rewatch podcast. Join us on our journey as we recap, examine, and critique the series episode by episode from the beginning. We'll be keeping our podcast spoiler free. So we welcome fans, new and old, to join us in watching and reflecting on one of our favorite shows. Currently, we're on season three. I'm your host, Jess Sabanko. And I'm your host, Mia Sabanko. Now let's get into this week's episode. This week, we're discussing season three, episode nine, Coyote Piper. It originally aired on January 11th, 2001, and had 5.12 million viewers. So before we get into it, um, I just want to let you guys know I'm in the process of moving right now, and my mic is somewhere in my storage unit, so I have to go there this week and find it. So for today, I am recording just on my AirPods, so if the audio quality is a little lower than usual, I do apologize, but for this episode and episode 10, this is what we're dealing with. After that, we should be back to normal. All right, perfect. Sorry to hear that, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get started. You want me to do the first scene? Go for it. Okay. So it starts in the manor downstairs, and Prue and Leo are looking at a poster board with pictures of Piper in high school and now, and then as well as other students from her class. And it says Baker High, class of 90. And Prue's explaining that high school was really hard for Piper and that she was like Jan Brady. And Piper then announces that she's coming down the stairs and Prue tells Leo to be supportive no matter what. And she walks down in like the most over-the-top dress and a lot of makeup. She looks gorgeous, but it's it's a lot, you know? And they give her like a weird face and they tell her that she looks great. And she says she looks ridiculous and is freaking out about the whole situation. And Leo said, isn't this supposed to be a fun thing, going back and seeing all your old friends? And she's like, you weren't by chance popular in high school, were you? And Leo's like, I was, I mean, is there a right answer to this question? And Prue just shakes her head at him. And Piper says, Leo, I didn't like high school, not even a little bit. I was nobody in high school. And Prue comes over and tells her that she wasn't, but then Piper's like, Prue, you were class president. You have no idea what it's like to be on the other side. I had this stupid idea that I'd go back in 10 years and show them all, and all I'm going to show them is that I'm a big-haired freak. And Prue says, you do not look like a freak. You just don't look like yourself. She says, well, if I could go as myself, I wouldn't be having this problem. And Leo goes, so this is like a costume party? <laughs> and Prue pushes him and Piper says well what I mean is I'm this super powerful witch who's engaged to a white lighter saving the world from evil on a daily freaking basis and all these people are going to see is the same pitiful loser who still lives at home with her sisters and her unemployed boyfriend and Prue offers to fix her hair and make her the hottest chick at the reunion and then Leo suggests that they invite Phoebe to join them since she's been kind of distant Piper says, Leo, when you find out your boyfriend is a demon and then you have to vanquish him, a little alone time is in order. And then Piper leaves and Prue says, besides, I think she's kind of avoiding me. I mean, I never really liked Cole and I did. And then I tried to warn her. I think it's a whole wounded pride thing. And Leo's like, so what do we do? 
Prue says they're going to double team, sends him to help Phoebe with her demons, and says that she will help Piper with hers, and they both get up. All right. So a lot to cover here. Yeah, Um, kind of a long intro. (laughs) Yeah. So I want to ask a little bit about kind of like the whole high school reunion thing. Obviously, you graduated high school last year. This is very far off from you, (laughs) but this is something that's like coming up for me. Like that would be like next year for me. You know what I mean? So it's like, oh, wow. Is it? Yeah, I graduated high school nine years ago. (laughs) That's crazy. Wow, that's wild to think about. (laughs) So, Mia, what were you like in high school in your own words? Oh, God. I don't know. I was very, like, I wasn't popular, but I was known. Like, everybody knew who I was, but I wasn't, like, popular. I kind of just stuck to my own crowd and didn't really care for anybody else and I was just cool I guess kind of like the the little the stoner crowd you know that was those were my friends yeah um how big was your school like were there a lot of people that went there like did you know everybody or it was like smaller no it was a it was a pretty decent size I mean um my class probably had I don't know Maybe like two, three hundred students. No, maybe not that much. I don't know. Somewhere so in that small. range. Is that small? Yes. Like I went to a very small school for New Jersey and there were 345 kids in my class. And that's considered a small school. Oh my God. I didn't know it was like that in Jersey. Yeah, no, not like that for us. That was that. I thought that was big. So you knew basically everyone you went to school with, right? Like for the most part. Yeah. My class at least. You didn't know them personally. Like you kind of knew who everyone was. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I knew most people I went to school with, not all. I also will say like when I was in high school, I was in all the like honors and AP classes. So for the most part, all my classes were with the same people all the time. Mm -hmm. So even though it was like a bigger school, the people I saw on a daily basis all four years were basically the same except for like my electives and stuff and even then it was a lot of people I knew from my other classes taking the same electives as me I definitely wasn't popular um which like between groups too like who I hung out with the first was like very different than who I was hanging out with senior year um because by senior year I had like kind of gone into a new group of friends and most of them were already out of high school friends that you know all Mm -hmm. of them except like two are the year older than me and like that's who I'm still friends with today I'm not really friends with like people I was friends with like freshman through junior year like there are a couple people I'm still friendly with but like no one I'm super close to from that time Mm -hmm. so I guess I was like I don't know like I yeah I get through but I also wasn't Piper I guess I was somewhere kind of in between them yeah I would say the same about myself I definitely wasn't Piper bad but I was definitely not prue popular or anything like that either i mean i i've had the same friends for probably since like middle school or like generally the same group of friends that i still do hang out with obviously not all of them but i mean most of them yeah <laughs> yeah but i was had you the same deal lived where... in the same town your whole life i didn't have that experience yeah you you guys hopped around a lot mm-hmm so it was a little different, but I guess neither of us were the Piper or the Prue in this situation. I mean, to be completely honest, it's not 
that common like they obviously you know in tv they make it sound like a lot more crazier than it is yeah like oh they got her with the stereotypical ponytail and acne and the glasses like come on (laughs) yeah no I mean overselling it for sure not like even if I I guess personality wise I was a little closer to Piper Mm mm-hmm as far as like my whole grade goes but as far as like my specific section of the school like I was like more outgoing and stuff it's just like with randos I wasn't like that so like people probably would have seen me more like how they saw Piper but like people who like actually knew me might have like thought of me more as like Prue because like within my classes and within the things I was doing like in theater and everything I was like taking those leadership roles and like like participating a lot I just wasn't like class president or a cheerleader Right. Yeah, I I could see that. I would I would probably say the same kind of general deal for myself. I'll also I mean, say that like I, I think Piper have, looked gorgeous here. You know, have Sorry, like, bad skin or like braces or anything. Like I look the same as I look now. I'll just say that too. <laughs> me too. I I've never been like that. Was never me. I always just I've always been pretty. What can I say? <laughs> <laughs> I won't say that about myself. But high school wise, I I was pretty by then. My awkward phase was in middle school. Yeah, me too, for sure. (laughs) I definitely, I definitely got through that. So, (laughs) but let's talk a little bit more about the sisters. So we're learning, I feel like stuff that isn't super surprising based off their personalities, that this Mm -hmm. is kind of what their high school experiences were. I think it's interesting the way like we're getting the idea that Leo was also popular in high school. Which I feel like someone who is popular always ends up with someone who wasn't in TV. Like, that's just such a, like, trope. Always. I could totally see that, him being kind of popular in high school, too. Yeah. I mean, Leo's only 18 right now, so. (laughs) I know. High school was very recent for him. (laughs) I can't (laughs) believe that. Not a chance. She's, what's it called? Robbing the cradle? Yes, exactly. (laughs) my lord it's also interesting the way that piper's trying so hard i think that's another thing that doesn't surprise me like it really relates to who she is caring about what other people think wanting to impress people we saw that um in season one all over again when she ran into that girl joanne she went to high school with and was kind of having those same feelings of insecurity we're seeing that repetition so even though we've seen so much growth in piper's character since then there were definitely those aspects of insecurity that still linger in her. And I'm interested to see how those are going to be played with throughout the episode. Yeah, me too. I mean, at the end of the day, you can't change that you still have those feelings and that that is generally who she is. You know, they're not drifting too far from her character by doing these things. And it seems like it's almost like a, like a setback for her, you know? Like she's grown, but obviously seeing these things come to the surface and this nervousness about what other people think, it probably just brings her back a little bit to that high school mindset and kind of is going to be a setback. That's what I would assume, you know? Yeah, definitely. And I think that's another difference between like her and Prue, because we see the way that like Prue and Leo both, because their experiences didn't rely on like Because when people like you, you don't have to feel insecure about how people feel about you. So both of them are just like, oh, why do you even care what people think? But like when you've actually had experiences of people treating you badly because of how they perceive you, you start to like have that insecurity about how people are viewing you. 
And I definitely right. relate to Piper. Like, I get what she's going through in this episode for sure. No, me too. I definitely, and I can't wait to see how she kind of goes about the situation and how they handle it throughout this episode. It's a very good episode. I'll say that. Yes. And the only other thing I'll mention from this scene, other than the little Jan Brady reference, which was cute, funny, another middle sister. So that was a nice little pop culture thing they threw in. But I think other we than both that, know that I don't know who that is. Do you really not? You've never seen it the Brady sounds, Bunch. It sounds okay. That's what I. That's what I thought it was from. But I never saw it. I never okay. saw it. But that's what I assumed it was from. So in the Brady Bunch, there are three sisters. The oldest one is Marsha, and she's like popular, beautiful. Like everyone knows her. She's known for like being the prettiest girl in town, basically, because this show's from the seventies. Then there's Jan, who's kind of like the awkward, smart one who like always gets left behind and forgotten. And then there's like the little one who's just like cute and funny and like witty. Okay. So literally basically these sisters. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. So it's really playing on like that role that like the middle sister is like awkward and forgotten about and stuff like that. Gotcha. Okay. I see. Good to know. Uh, yeah, I forget. Like, you're younger. Some of our listeners might be, too. So if anyone isn't familiar with the Bradys, um, that is what that reference is. Yes. <laughs> and then the only other thing I want to mention in the scene is this kind of Phoebe's distance from her sisters that seems to be going on. I'm interested to see how that's going to be played out in this episode and if there is going to be a conflict between her and Prue, because Prue kind of gets this idea that Phoebe's avoiding her specifically right which seems a little bit more like a prideful thing on her part to me because like Phoebe obviously is just avoiding everybody but they also don't know exactly how things actually went down so I do I am interested to see how it's been affecting her since it happened and kind of what she's going through dealing with what happened you know yeah definitely all right and I think we can finally move on from the first scene. I know. <laughs> A half hour later. Literally. So then we're in this like candlelit lair and there's this guy and he smashes something and is yelling at this like very pretty woman. He says, I made you from my own blood, found you a flawless body and housed you in it. You were supposed to be my, and she says, masterpiece. I'm not a painting, Kierkin. That blood gave me your powers, your lust for life. Yet you hold me captive in this soul and you expect me to be grateful? And he says, Belthazor was more powerful than either of us. Where is he now? Vanquished by the charmed ones. And then she starts teasing him for being a powerful alchemist, but afraid of three little witches. And then he threatens to start over with her and she stabs herself in the chest. And this like blue essence smoke thing comes out of her and floats away and Kierkin's like I will find you Tara you belong to me love the high drama from Dwight Schrute <laughs> <laughs> sorry the the actor who plays Kierkin if you haven't seen this it's the same I forget what his name is in real life but the one who plays Dwight in the office and it's so funny to see him in such a drama scene to me <laughs> The both of these actors throughout the episode see her in this scene, but like so dramatic, so much yelling. Mm -hmm. Yelling, her the movement, very like, overdone. Yeah, it it definitely went a little. 
Yeah, this part felt a little bit much for me. And even when we see, uh, well, at least him again later, it's like, all right, yeah, the high drama is crazy, but it's okay. Still works. I mean, we get the point. Obviously, she wants to get away from this guy who I guess created her. And I can only assume that this is somehow going to affect the witches. Yes. I also just feel like it's so convenient that they're talking about Balthazar. Like, I know. It felt a little like, all right, you guys kind like of threw that like one the in there. Writers just trying to, in case we missed last week's episode, tell us what happened. Yeah, like a little re- a little subtle recap, but not so subtle. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like it just felt weird to me. It felt off-putting. Like talking about the charmed ones, I guess, because they're gonna connect to the charmed ones later. But like it just felt really weird that for them to be talking about Balthazar's vanquish. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I was thinking the same thing. Like I said, this scene was a little over the top in a couple of aspects, but it's okay. Yes, but also as much as I didn't enjoy her acting, this woman is gorgeous. So oh, beautiful! Her. She's really pretty. She doesn't need to have talent. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she does. Maybe this was just one bad job. Um, yeah, could be. Could be to you. But also, I will say, spoiler territory. But the other two actors who take on the persona of Tara in this episode, I think, are much subtler and do a much better job of playing her. I agree. I definitely agree. Which obviously one of them not surprising at all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because we see her all the time and know right. how great she is. <laughs> so now we are outside on the street and some guy is in a suit talking on the phone about like a video game design and fixing himself, like looking in the reflection of a building. And he kind of seems like a douchebag a little bit. And then all of a sudden, the blue essence from before floats up over to him and he breathes hard as it like enters him and he hangs up the phone and his demeanor completely changes. And he says, I've never been a man before. Walking should be interesting. And in the reflection, we see the guy, his actual soul, I guess, um, in all white with like this glow around him. And he asks what's going on. And Tara's like, I want you to take me to the Charmed Ones. And he's like, what? She's like, the witches, you fool. They go by Hallowell. And he starts yelling out for help, but no one can hear him. Says that he's a trapped soul and only Tara can see him. Or Tara, sorry. No, no. Yeah. So interesting. Um, We get the idea that whatever this blue essence is possesses people. And when mm-hmm. they're possessed, they become trapped in like the world of reflections, which I think is a really cool idea. And I like the way the episode plays with that throughout. Me too. I I wasn't like uh, expecting something like that. I don't know if it's something that they do again or if it's maybe just with this specific character, you know, that can possess people. So it was pretty cool to see. I like the way that they had that going and the way they do it, use that to their advantage throughout the episode it it worked well for me yeah and it really brings me back to the season one episode with like Callie and how like Mm -hmm. we got that idea that like you're like a mirror sees your true soul like your true reflection so I really like the way that that's the way like the souls can be reflected when they're possessed agreed 
Also, the way she just expects some random guy on the street to know who the charmed ones are. Hilarious. hilarious. But it it doesn't like it doesn't not make sense, you know? Like it works for me because I mean, think about it. Like she's been trapped there. She's got no clue. She's only ever heard of these witches. She doesn't know what people on the surface actually think and know and don't know, you know? Yeah. So it is really funny to me. Yeah, no, I enjoyed it. And I like their banter. And like I said, I really like the way that this guy is taking on the role of Tara, like the way he completely switches up the way he was playing like the man in the suit versus like once he's possessed. I think it's really good. I think it's really effective. I like like the tonal shift in his voice. I like everything about his body. Also, walking should be interesting. Hilarious line, something I never thought about um, and yeah. don't want to think about. <laughs> I know, I've never ever like that thought has never crossed my mind like I'm so confused about it but because once she said it I was like huh <laughs> I wonder what that is like <laughs> but that is so funny loved it yes so then after that we have the theme and when we return we're in Piper's room and she's standing in front of the mirror in this like business suit with her hair in a bun and we see that there are clothes all over the bed and she's still feeling unsure about her outfit. And Prue makes this joke about how they've already tried on everything. And Piper says, I'm sorry. I just don't think I can do it. I can't go there and face all those horrific people. And Prue's like, why do you even care what these people think? And she says, only a former cheerleader could ask that question. And she says, all right, look, I realize that high school was very hard for you. But you are not that shy, awkward girl anymore. Now you are going and you're going to have a great time, young lady. And Piper's like, you are not the boss of me. And Prue's like, oh, I am too. And starts talking about this bad date that she went on last night and says that he only scored a two. And Piper says, oh, Prue, please don't tell me you're making lists again. She goes, of course I am. Lists are good. Why waste your time if it's not going to work out? And Piper says she'll look around the reunion for Prue. And Prue says that younger men are not on her list. That's when Phoebe walks in and asks if either of them have seen her glasses and they say no and she walks out of the room upset. So here I like the banter between the two of them. It works so good or so well for me. I mean, you know, Prue trying to keep that confidence and like get her through it and be like, I don't understand why, like you said earlier. And you're like, well, we had two different experiences, you know. So mm-hmm. I see where both of them are coming from with their perspectives and it works well for me. Um, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I think the the whole list thing kind of came out of left field, but it's all right. It works for the episode. It's something that fits Prue's personality for me. I get like in the scene, it feel, felt like a little bit of a weird shift into that from what they were talking about before. But I think for Prue's character, this whole list thing is really cute and like, Especially since we saw at the end of last season that she was so focused on finding Mr. Right. And like Prue is such a perfectionist. So the idea of her like having a list of like what the guy she dates should be like just makes total sense to me. Yeah, it definitely tracks for me too. I could see it. Like I said, it just felt like it got kind of thrown in there out of nowhere when it's something that she's never like really mentioned before. Yeah. Had signs of. It's also... A thing with Prue's character, I feel like the show flip-flops constantly between whether or not she wants to be dating right now. Like, it's like one episode she has no interest in dating, the next episode she's, like, doing everything she can to find a boyfriend. 
yeah she's very much like hot and cold with this i don't know if they're doing it like that on purpose but it's definitely not very consistent no because like beginning of season it's like i only care about demons then it's like all of a sudden i want a boyfriend then it's like actually i only care about demons actually i only care about a boyfriend like the writers can't decide what they want to do with prue's character i feel like yeah that's that's what it seems like for me too and it's like there's nothing wrong with having a female character who's taking a break from dating, who's not interested in romance, whatever. We already have two romantic storylines going on for the other two sisters right now. We don't necessarily need one for Prue, but I feel like sometimes in TV, when they're writing a female character, they don't know what to do if she doesn't have a love interest, so they have to keep flip-flopping between whether or not she wants one. Right. I I, I see that, too. I mean... I guess it makes sense, but I do think that it would have been cool if she just was one of those, like, independent, you know, work and personal life oriented people who doesn't need a man, you know? Yes. Like, that would be perfectly acceptable. Almost, like, more realistic in a sense, too. Yeah, and with everything Prue's going through and is going through, Mm -hmm. I see dating not being her priority. It makes sense, like... Or she could date very casually. Like, it doesn't need to be like this, I'm looking for the love of my life all the time type thing that I feel like the show is doing. Right, I agree. And then, you know, we're getting a little bit of that Phoebe avoidance here, which will obviously become clear in the next section of this scene. So now they move to the hallway and Prue and Piper follow her out and ask her if if she wants to come tonight. And Piper says, you can work the bar and make some yucky drinks for some ex-cheerleaders. And then Prue shoves her shoulder and Phoebe laughs, but says that she needs to catch up on schoolwork. And Prue says that they're there if she needs to talk. And she says that she knows and she's okay. And Piper's like, really? Because you haven't spent like five minutes in the same room with us for over a week. And she says, I'm sorry. It's just there are some things go or some things, some answers that I need. And I sort of need to find them for myself, you know? But I'm okay. Don't worry about me. And she tells Piper that she looks beautiful and tells them to have fun and leaves. So here was our first little glimpse of Phoebe and kind of how she's doing with her whole perspective. Obviously, it's got to be rough for her still having to keep that from her sisters. I think we've gone over in the past kind of Phoebe's inability to keep a secret, you know, and keep things hidden. But this is a little more difficult for her. And obviously, we know the real reason it's been hard for her to spend a lot of time with them right now is because of that fact. And she must be feeling guilty, too. You know, there must be so much going on in her mind. Poor girl. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, the way Phoebe's acting right now makes a lot of sense to me. And when we find out, like, what she's doing in this episode, it will kind of make even more sense what these answers she's looking for are. I think it's interesting and I'm excited to talk more about that. I like the way that each of the sisters are kind of dealing with Phoebe, the way that Piper is pushing a little bit, but not too much to try to get her to get back involved with them. And like Prue's really trying to understand Phoebe more. I think it makes sense with where their relationships are and who they are as characters. I mean, you can make some yucky drinks for some ex-cheerleaders. Hilarious, because I know we know that Phoebe also wasn't popular in high school, so. Right. So I think it it definitely, it worked for her to try to make that joke kind of lighten the mood. It did feel very sisterly for me, the way that they were handling it. 
you know, pushing a little, but still giving her that same respect and space. So, you know, it works well for me. Yeah. And kind of that concern for her distance, right, that we're seeing here, like, it's been over a week since the vanquish of Cole, and there is that distance. Obviously, we know what's going on, and I'm excited to see, you know, what will happen with the sisters, whether Phoebe chooses to keep this secret longer or if they do end up finding out. Finding out. Yeah, I'm looking forward to see how it goes. So then we move outside, and we see Piper, Prue, and Leo loading things into the car. And then this red car pulls up by them, and there's this guy inside who says, Piper Hallowell, you still living at home? And then he gets out of the car, and she goes over and says his name is Justin Harper as, like, she smiles and they hug each other. Over by the car, Leo asks Prue if this is Piper's ex, and Prue tells him not to worry. He's just a friend from school. Besides, he had a really big crush on me. He used to follow me around like a puppy dog. And then Piper asks Justin if he's going to the reunion, and he seems really excited about it. And then she asks him if he can help bring some of the stuff to P3. Prue brings him some trays, and he calls her Phoebe. And then Piper goes over by Leo, and he tells her that they're calling, and she says that she needs him tonight, and he promises to be back. And they kiss, and then he goes. Then over a little further down the street, we see Tara in a car. And the guy in the mirror is begging to be let go. And she says that she needs to get one of them alone. The transfer is a little messy. I can't do it anywhere. And he starts saying that he feels like he's suffocating. And she's like, that's because your soul is dying. It'll be easier if you don't fight it. And then she closes the mirror and follows Justin's car as it pulls off. Wonderful. So real quick, how did she know where to find them? How did she Maybe find she them? looked them up in like the phone book or something. Yeah, charmed ones. <laughs> well, she knew their last name is Hallowell. Oh, you're right. She did know that. Okay. I forgot that they had said that because I was about to say like this guy obviously didn't know who she was talking about. So how did she find them? Yeah, I feel like they like looked her up either online or like in the phone book or something and found Must them. Must have been the case. So whoever this Justin character is, he seems like a cool dude. Wonder what part he's going to play in this episode. And I like that he kind of humbled Prue there a little bit. I know, because when Prue was talking, I was just like, oh, Prue. Like, I get it, because, like, I act that way sometimes. But she's like, he had such a crush on me. It's like, okay, Prue, we get it. You were hot shit in high school. We all already yeah, know. I know. This isn't news. We got it. But I also like, like, Leo's little, like, worry. Like, oh, is this Piper's ex? Like, I know. The little slight jealousy was kind of cute. I know we haven't seen that since the Dan days so it was fun to see that like aspect of Leo's character I know. it's been a while I know but yeah I'm no I'm it. interested in this Justin character and what he might have going on in the episode obviously he gets like a full name we get the idea that he's friends with Piper so I'm interested to see what his character will be me too and I'm also really enjoying this character, uh, sorry, this actor playing uh, Tara here. Like, I really like the way he's playing the two roles. Yeah, no, he's doing a really good job, honestly, at, like, playing the energy just right, you know, not too intense. Mm -hmm. And also the idea that the soul is dying. I'm interested in what that means and the right, transfer like idea, too. I mean, 
We already know how she made the transfer in the first place, so it sounds like this guy has something coming to him. <laughs> yeah, and it's not good. His soul might not be the only thing dying here. Yeah, not quite. So anyways, we move on to the mausoleum, and Phoebe is standing over where she um, fake vanquished Cole. And she says, Cole, if you can hear me, I can't stand lying anymore. I have to tell my sisters that you're alive that I let you go, and that you would never do anything to hurt us, and that you love me. I just don't know how to do it. And then she leans against this tomb that's in the mausoleum and gets a premonition, and it's, like, really olden times, and a woman with, like, glowing red eyes throws an electricity ball at a man and that's, like, with her, and he holds a baby that she stole away from him. And Phoebe comes back and she looks back at the tombstone behind her and wipes the dust off the name and sees that it says Benjamin Coleridge Turner, 1859 to 1888. So what is this? A little bit of backstory for Cole? Yeah, we knew that his mom was a demon, right? We found that out in the last episode. Here we're seeing her. And of course, we're seeing his dad too in that she had a baby with him and then killed him. Yeah, perfect. And I guess obviously raised him as a demon. Here's my thing that makes my headache a little bit. So the demons, they live forever. They don't grow old, but they grow up from being a child. How, like, is there like, you know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, I don't know how it decides, like, what age they stop aging. Like, do you stop aging at 20? Do you stop aging at 30? Like, when do you stop aging? It's just like a... Exactly. So it doesn't... I mean, it's a little confusing, but I get it, I guess. Because they don't grow old and die. They just get killed, you know? Yeah, like, they at some point, they stay the same age. But, like, how does that happen? When does it happen? Right. It's definitely uh, a little confusing to me, and I don't think it's something we ever really get clarity on. Yeah, and, like, we see demons of, like, different ages. Like, we've seen demons who appear older. We've seen demons who appear younger. Mm -hmm. It's just, like, I wonder if the show will ever answer anything like that for us. Yeah, me too. I can only hope. Anything yeah, else to no. add there? Um, the only thing I'll add, why was Phoebe talking to him like she thought he could hear him? Like, when has that ever been one of Cole's powers? I mean, to be fair, she doesn't really know what he's able to do. I mean, Leo was able to. She only knows him as, like, Cole until that happened, you know? All right, but I'll I give see. her a She's probably. It just seems like, uh desperation to me you know like I think she knew that he couldn't hear her but sometimes sometimes you just gotta say it out loud you know All and right, I wonder I'll give what it this you. uh right you know just but I wonder how this like what this information is gonna do for her you know like what is what was she looking for you know yeah it feels like she kind of went there for a sense of closure and then she gets this premonition which is gonna lead her somewhere else and I'm interested to see what that is right and it seems like here she doesn't have too much regret either because mm -hmm. she's yeah. still like she genuinely believes he would have never hurt them and you know that 
it's okay. I, it seems like the only thing that she really feels guilty about at the moment is lying to her sisters. Yes. And I wonder if that's something that changes if, you know, if they get back or if he turns evil again and she's proven wrong. Like, I wonder what's going to happen. Yeah, me too. So then we're at P3 and we see the place is all decorated and there's this blonde woman telling people who are setting up that the sign is crooked. Then Prue and Piper are walking down the stairs with trays and Prue says, now just remember, even if you can't tell them you're a super witch, you can still act like it. And then Piper spots the blonde woman who we find out is Missy Campbell and she starts freaking out. She puts down the trays and walks over and says hi and introduces herself, but at first Missy doesn't remember her or pretends not to, and then says, oh, you used to sit in the back of class drawing pictures on your jeans. Wow, your skin has really cleared up. What a fucking bitch. Um, And then Piper's kind of like, yeah, you know, like it's been 10 years, whatever, because she's like, oh, like, did you go on medication? Like, whatever. Bitchy. And then Piper asks her how she can help, and Missy tells her to take out the trash. And she says she'll do it and, like, gets super awkward. And then from the bar, we see Prue and Justin sitting together watching this happen. And Prue starts to get up and says that Piper needs her help, but Justin stops her and says she has to find her legs on her own sometime. Remember when she ran for freshman class secretary? She got so nervous that you had to go up on stage and finish her speech for her. And Prue says, see, I knew that you remembered me. Why did you call me Phoebe? And he says, listen, you plagued my high school existence. I pretended not to know your name. A guy's got to turn the tables every, you know, 10 years or so. So a lot going on here. I mean, this bitch, Missy Campbell. I feel like I see things like this and I'm like, do people really act like that? But I feel like I get it because you find that in California. I also feel like like people do act like this, but they're a little subtler. Like I feel like yeah. they're a little more passive aggressive than how she's being, but like for the sake of the plot, they have to make it like very outright and blatant. Right. But it's like, ugh, I hate her already. She pisses me off. Yeah. Like, please grow up, Missy. Like hopefully she gets what's coming to her. Yes. And also you would think that like Missy would be very aware of Piper because like when you think about how a reunion goes. So obviously Missy's on the planning committee. She's like organizing the reunion, right? Piper owns Mm -hmm. the club that it's being hosted at. So she had to have at some point been communicating with Piper, probably met with her before to see the venue. Like it just doesn't make sense that they wouldn't have run into each other before this. Yeah, no, that doesn't, that doesn't track for me. I mean, I guess they were doing it for plot, but it wouldn't make sense that it's at her club and they haven't seen each other. Yes. And also that, like, ask Piper to take out the trash, like, just to be bitchy. It's like, come on. Right. Like, knowing that she owns this place, it's, I don't know, it's fucked up to me. Like, you yeah. obviously didn't know who she was. You were pretending. hmm Yeah. And then, mm-hmm. um, you know, I like this little backstory of, like, the way Prue always, like, jumps in for Piper. I feel like that makes total sense with Prue's character. And it also does explain a lot about the way Piper is, because when you have someone constantly jumping in and not letting you fight your own battles, it makes sense that you would have a hard time doing it if you never had to. Agreed. Yeah. 
I do I do like her being there for her and taking on this older sister protective role. It works very it feels very prude to me. And um yeah, I don't know. It it works for their relationship. If Prue's always been there for her, kind of fighting her battles, then I wouldn't expect her to act any different in a situation like this. You know, mm-hmm. like why would Piper know how to handle when someone's acting like this if she's never really had to before? Yeah. And I like the way that Justin handles it and the way he kind of like knows how to talk to her and kind of like get her to give Piper the room she needs to really grow and have this experience. I think that that shows a lot because we can assume by the fact that he's friends with Piper that he was awkward in high school too. And we're getting that based off of how he's saying that, you know, Prue kind of plagued him and stuff like that. So the fact that he has grown into that more competent role and wants to see the same for Piper, who's obviously his longtime friend. Exactly. I like his uh, energy towards her, even though they don't, you know, they obviously just like disconnected over the years. He seems like a genuine dude. And I think that I kind of am getting a cute little vibe between him and Prue. And it makes me happy because based on the way he's handling her and helping out Piper and trying to make things better for her, like, seems like a good dude. Seems like he'd be good for all the sisters. And maybe this will become something, I'm hoping. Yeah. I could see Prue with him. Yeah, me too. Especially, you know, I'll talk more about that as we get later into the episode and see more of their scenes. Right, agreed. So after he says this, Tara walks down the stairs, obviously as the guy, and looks around. Then she notices Piper picking up trash. And back by the bar, Prue and Justin are still talking. And he says that she did him a favor. He's like, see, I don't go for women like you anymore. She's like, women like me? He's like, well, number one on my list, no women who make me drool. They hold way too much power. And she smiles and she says, you have a list. And he smiles too. And then she notices Piper picking up the trash and is like, oh no, and runs over and asks what she's doing, then reminds her that she owns the club and can just ask somebody else to do it. And Piper says she can't. And being around these people makes me feel exactly like I did when I was 16, invisible and inferior. And Prue says, you want me to beat them up? Because I'll beat them up one by one. And she says, no, it's not them. It's just me. And Prue says, so what are you going to do about it? She says, I'm going to take out the trash and try and get a grip on. And then I'm going to come back in here and do something about these streamers and balloons. Because what are we still at the prom? And then she grabs the bag and goes outside while Prue sits back down with Justin. And Tara follows Piper outside. So I like both these little scenes. Um, I feel like they're well-written. I feel like they're really constructing the characters in an interesting way. I like the dynamic we're seeing between Prue and Justin here. I don't love the idea of like, oh, I don't go for women like you anymore, whatever. But, you know, it works and it adds to their dynamic. So I'll accept it. You don't like it? I thought it was like slick, you know, like, oh, make her think that I'm actually saying something bad. But really, he means like a good thing. Like, someone who I think is someone who just takes my breath away, you know? Yeah. I thought it was kind of cute. I get why it's a compliment, but, like, at the same time, it's kind of saying, like, oh, now I go for, like, women who are easier to get. I feel like that's kind of the, like, impression that it's leaving on me, which I don't love. I guess I I guess I could get that, but it felt almost more like a, like a joke, you know? 
kind of just a way to slide something in kind of like flirty and fun and that's why I'm accepting it but like I don't love the line like I like the delivery I think the actor did a good job with it because that line could have been played way grosser yeah it it definitely could have came across really creepy but it came off like kind of subtle like he's just trying to shoot his shot a little bit and it like it it, I didn't mind it you know it could have came off way more like douchebaggy for sure yeah and you know I like this list thing that they have in common I think it's cute I like the way that it's going to come up again later I won't get into it right now but I do enjoy that I also enjoy the way that Prue now when Piper is aside right so she's not fighting back Piper's battles for her but going aside to give her advice that works for me that's really strong very sisterly right I definitely agree and her saying I mean I thought it was kind of cute too the Prue being like I'll beat them up one by one like it was it was a cute little sisterly moment to me and um Piper I hate seeing this for her but I'm hoping that she finds finds her way through this you know Yes. And I love the way Piper's like, we have to do something about these streamers. Total agreement. Hideous. I know. That was a lot. Like, what the hell is going on? It literally looks like 80s prom. Like, (laughs) it really does. But ooh, Tara is following Piper. Something bad's going to happen. I know. I know. Tara's following her outside. There might be a transfer soon. All right, so then we're outside by the dumpster, and Piper is throwing out a bag of trash, and Tara, like, runs up and scares the shit out of Piper, and then Piper's, like, calms down, but then just then she, like, has a knife and stabs the guy she's possessing in the chest, and then Piper starts freaking out again and, like, runs over, and then we see that blue essence come out of him and go into Piper, and then Tara, like, finds, like, this sheet on top of the garbage and just covers the body with it. And we see Piper's reflection in like this broken piece of glass. And Tara says, you better be as powerful as they say you are. And like Piper's face just looks shocked. And she like the other like soul was all dressed in white with like the glow around her. So now our girl Piper is possessed. She's up next. Poor and I will say, guy. I know, RIP. But also the scene is just so funny. Like all the like big jumps and reactions and everything really work. <laughs> I know it worked so well for me. She was like, oh my God, like didn't see there. And then all of a sudden he just stabs himself in the chest. Like I wouldn't even know how to react in that situation. I know. I think it would have taken me a second to even comprehend what just happened. No, literally. That's bizarre, but that is really funny. So now back inside P3, Tara walks back in and looks in a reflection. And she's like, help me out. What's our sister's name? And Piper says, if you get out of my body now, I might not have to vanquish your sorry ass. And she says, not as weak as you seemed after all. That'll change. And she walks away. The only thing I'll say about that is we're really just getting this idea of the dynamic that I think is going to exist between these two. And I'll have more to say about it later. Me too. I do like Piper's like immediate confidence and kind of like, like, see, it's, it's nice because you almost see the the difference between her here and her with the her high school. Yeah, because it's the difference of like her as like that insecure sixteen year old versus her as that super powerful witch that she was talking exactly. about. Exactly, and so you get to see both sides of like her personality shown through. This is the part where we've seen so much growth from her, whereas the other side, like I said, seeing those people, it was like a setback for her. So it is yeah. funny that now she's in this position and seeing 
and kind of regaining the Piper that we know and love, you know? Yes. And it brings me back to our conversation a few episodes ago about the way it's a lot easier for her to stand up around people who are new to her life versus like her sisters, or in this case, people who knew her when she was very young from school. Right, exactly. So then we're over by the bar and Prue and Justin are still talking and Prue says, wow, you only scored a four. That is just so sad. And he says, excuse me, but you only scored a five out of 10 on my list. She says, right. So I got an F, but dude, you got an F minus. He says, ouch, that's a bad high school flashback. And both of them are laughing. And that's when Prue notices Piper doing a shot by the bar and runs over. She's like, I don't really think that's the best way to deal with your reunion jitters. And she's like, what? Oh, okay. And then Missy walks over and asks Piper to like move something. And she's like, sure, whatever you say. And then Prue's like, no, you stand up to her. You can do it. And Tara as Piper is like, okay, hey, bitch, move the trace yourself. (laughs) It's so good. It's so good. And then Missy just looks so mad and but like goes and does it. And then Prue's like, hey, that was great. Although the bitch part might have been a little much, but and Piper grabs Prue's wrists and says, Prue, help me. And she's like, all right, what's wrong? And Piper says that she just doesn't feel well and should go home. And Prue thinks she's just trying to get out of the reunion and says she's not going to let her and that she better be back by six. And she agrees and then leaves. So I love this whole scene here. It worked so well for me, like perfectly comedic, made total sense. I love that they slipped in Piper kind of being strong enough to regain control of her body for a second and try to get Prue to help her. But obviously then it wasn't enough. Mm-hmm. But maybe maybe that'll help her throughout if she able if she is able to do it again. Yes, definitely. And I like the way that we're seeing like Tara not really knowing how to play Piper and so kind of be like, oh, okay. And then doing like whatever she's told to do. I think it's really funny. I think it really works. I also enjoy, you know, Prue and Justin little banter at the beginning, how they're ranking on each other's lists. I think that's cute. And I think it just goes to show that like when you do have that list of requirements, when you meet someone you actually like, they're not going to check off those boxes. Right, exactly. It's not going to be exactly the same, but it's kind of funny and it's cute that they both did that for each other. It was a nice little flirty situation going on there. Yes. So now out in the alleyway, Kirkin is walking around holding his hand out and searching and looks really pissed off. And then he finds the body of like the video game guy and brings him back to life with his powers. And the guy gets up and is super confused. And Kirkin asks who the spirit that possessed him replaced him with. And he tells him that it was a brown-haired woman from Prescott Street and that she was talking about wanting to kill some guy. And then after he gets all of the information he wants, he re-kills him and then covers his body again and leaves. So nice of them to cover up. (laughs) (laughs) So Kirkin being high drama again. Um, you know, not really digging the way he plays it, but it's okay. And, you know, I like the way he's like, oh, it's exactly what I would have done, blah, blah, blah. Like, I like the energy in this scene a little better than last time. But right, also definitely. this poor guy back to life just to die again. I know. <laughs> 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 poor 
poor guy had no clue what happened to him and never will. R.I.P. to him. Video game guy. Video game guy. It's also um interesting the way we see that like Kierkin can somehow like trace her or like mm-hmm. sense her. So I'm interested to see when he'll find her again and like what'll happen now that she's in one of the charmed ones. Right. If it's gonna make them find out if she if he's gonna end up killing them or what's gonna happen, you know? Exactly. So then we're at the Historical Society, and Phoebe is talking to a woman at the front desk about Benjamin Coleridge Turner. And the woman says that there's no date of death for his wife and, like, saying how this is weird and must be a clerical error. And then Phoebe kind of brings up that they had a baby. And she says, yes, Cole Turner, born in 1885, and that there's no date of death for him either. And she says, again, that it must be some type of error and, like, makes a joke about how he's not alive at 115 and phoebe kind of like plays along with the joke and laughs but then like looks upset right i wonder what she thinks like finding out this information does i mean i would be curious too i'd probably do a little bit of research but i wonder if she like is going to use it for any way or like what the what the point of it is you know does she have a goal with it i I think for her the goal is just to know more about cole's past and where he comes from Um, But I'm interested to see why this information is going to be important to us as the viewers. I mean, we're continuing to talk about Cole. We're getting more of his history, which does tell me that he probably is coming back at some point and that this information might become important in the future. I think that he must be because the fact that we're getting more information about him and not, you know, less or just letting it be kind of tells us that their story isn't finished yet. And obviously we know that he's alive. so he probably will turn up at some point and I'm definitely looking forward to see if and when that happens and how everything goes you know yeah I'm also interested like what the woman thinks Phoebe is researching like what this project she's doing is about (laughs) yeah she's probably so confused (laughs) (laughs) so now we are back at the manor and Tara walks in and goes up to the mirror and says don't you get it? He's going to find us. And Piper says, okay, I'll say it again slowly. Try to follow this time. I'm not going to tell you what my powers are. And Tara says, I can't figure out if you're stubborn or stupid. If I can't fight him, he's going to kill us. And she looks out the window and starts breathing really heavy and says, he's looking for me. I can feel him. He's getting close. And she says, well, get out of my body and I'll help you fight him. And she says, I can't survive without a body, and I'd much rather your soul die than mine. Then she walks into the conservatory, and Piper appears in the window reflection. And she says that her sisters will figure it out, and that she'll get stronger and reach out to them. And Tara's like, wrong, you'll get weaker, and in a few hours you'll die. And there's really nothing you can do about it. And then she says, well then, you better watch your back, because if I die, my sisters will make you wish you died with me. And she notices the sisters care about her and gets somewhat of an idea. So she walks into the kitchen and calls P3 to tell Prue that a demon is after her. So I like the dynamic between these two, kind of their two energies and their banter between each other. Piper obviously plays this character really well, too. I mean, she's just a terrific actor in general, so I'm not surprised. But it's all working for me, the way that they have to work together. I can only imagine how weird it must be, though. Like, 
talking to yourself in the mirror and then having to like play the other part back like I wonder how they do it where she knows when to respond and how to react you know yeah no it definitely seems super difficult I mean what they do is they have a stand-in right who reads the lines to you from outside so that you're reacting to something gotcha but I mean yeah that's how they typically do it when a person's playing more than one character in a scene um I also really enjoy the subtleties and the differences between the two characters that she's doing here I like the similarity of the nervousness we're seeing in the two characters Piper's being about you know her high school quote friends and Tara's being about Kierkin and what'll happen when he finds her I also like how smart she is to put together the connection between the sisters and how like many demons have done before she might be able to use that sisterly connection to her advantage exactly so I'm looking forward to seeing if this works for her and I'm also excited to have a really badass female like villain in this episode I know I'm definitely enjoying it she might come up for me when we talk about favorites yeah I'm feeling she will for me too Oh, and I just realized that it's not two other actors that play Tara. It's there's a third. Third. Oh yeah, there is a third. Yeah. You're right. I forgot looking, about that. Looking forward to that one too. We'll cross that bridge when we come to it though. <laughs> exactly. So then we're at P3 and Prue is behind the bar and Missy comes over to her and says she needs her to help the DJ set up. And Prue like itches her nose and makes all the balloons fall from the ceiling. And Missy's like, that's the third time that's happened, and goes over to pick them up. Then Justin walks over and mentions that he thinks that it might be a poltergeist causing the balloons to fall. And Prue's like, do you really believe in that stuff? And he says, yeah, absolutely. It makes life interesting. And she smiles, and he's kind of like, what? And she says, nothing. It's just that um, I think believing in the supernatural should definitely be on my list. And then they're both like all smiley, and the phone rings. And Prue answers and asks Piper what's wrong, and she tells her that there was a demon in the house, and that's when Prue's like, oh, did you freeze him? And obviously then Tara learns what her power is, and she describes him as having, like, wild hair and bulgy eyes, and Prue says that she's going to get Phoebe, and Piper should look for him in the book, and that they'll meet her at the house to vanquish him, and then she starts running out of P3. All right, so... Loving, again, the energy between Prue and Justin. They are kind of adorable together. And I, I like their little awkward flirtiness that they got going on. You know, they both are trying to be a little confident, but you could tell they both seem a little bit giddy about it. Like, it's nice. I like seeing that side of Prue, you know? Yeah, and I like the funness of her, like, realizing that the supernatural is an important part of her life. And I will point out that Andy also believed in the supernatural. It is. I mean, it's a big part of her life, and maybe it should be a requirement. Maybe it's given her little Andy flashbacks. Yes. Also, one thing in this scene that makes no sense to me. So if Prue is only two years older than Piper, which I think is what the show is trying to say, even though at one point we thought she was three to four years older, Missy would obviously know who Prue is. Right. So why would she be so, like, oh, do this to me when she knows, like, Prue is obviously not that bitch. She's trying to, she wants to act like she's top dog. Because, like, She Prue obviously, obviously just has no respect for anybody. You. Yeah. Like, so that doesn't mean she respects her. We already know that she's a bitch. 
No, but I'm saying like that would have made like Prue popular and ahead of her. So she should have like in high school been trying to impress Prue, right? If Prue's like the top of their school. So like, shouldn't she still feel that way now? I guess, but maybe now that they're older and she's the one like, I, I don't know, maybe she feels like career status and just in general, she's like, thinks she's better than just everybody. Okay, that's fair. I'll accept that. I'll accept that. Prue is kind of like, you know, freelance photographer living at home. So she's kind of like, well, you were cooler than me in high school, but I'm cooler than you now. Yeah, like could be the case, you know, I don't, you never know. Yeah. Also, Prue accidentally revealing Piper's powers to Tara. I know that worked really well for me. I think that was a smart plan on her part, too. Yes. And, you know, the way that she jumps right in, she's like, I'll get Phoebe. Makes sense. All of this is working for me plot wise. So now back at the manor in the kitchen, Tara says, where's the book? And Piper, whose reflection is now like in a pot, says, you know, you you just made a big mistake calling my sister's home. Tara says, is that what you think? She says, that's what I know. She says, well, here's what I think. When your precious sisters come home, I'll kill you and possess one of them. And if that one won't help me, I'll simply repeat the process. So what do you say, Piper? One dead demon or three dead witches? And then Piper kind of rolls her eyes and tells her where the book is. And she goes to see it, find it in the attic. She is smart. She knows how to play it, dude. Yeah, she's a really, really, really good villain. Like, she's smart. She's well done. She's, like, taking advantage of the little things she realizes. And she plays logic really well, even though we know that she's having a really emotional reaction because we can see that fear of Kierkegaard in her. She's really good at saying, you know what? This is what I'm going to do. And guess what? You're all going to die. Like, no matter what, you have to help me. And playing to that, like, sisterly connection, she's doing a good job of it. Agreed. And I like the way that Piper is continuing to fight, but then eventually does have to give in to what Tara's saying there. So then our next scene is a phone call between Prue and Phoebe, where Prue's in her car and Phoebe is still at the Historical Society. Phoebe picks up the phone and Prue says, don't panic, but Piper found a demon in the house and I'm on my way. And she's like, was it, uh, wait, who was it? What demon? And Prue describes him and says that he said he would be back. And she says that she's on her way to pick her up at the library. And that's when she says, uh, Prue, I'm not at the library. Prue asks where she is. And she says she's at the Historical Society and that she needed to do research for a project. And Prue says it's fine. And she'll pick her up there to meet her outside, then hangs up. And we see that Phoebe looks really upset. Nice of her to not even be concerned about this demon that's after her funny because she thought it was coal i know i was gonna say her only concern was that it was coal and that they found out she's keeping secrets not even that like piper's in danger literally like okay be a little more self-involved like we've talked a lot about Prue having a one-track mind this season now we're seeing phoebe's i know lately obvious it's coming in there sometimes love does that to you though it's okay it happens but i mean love or your sister's life i know life or death situations might be a little different but I guess to be fair they are quite used to this true it is an every week occurrence (laughs) it's so sad and I mean you know what to be fair Prue did start the conversation by saying don't panic so Phoebe's reaction appropriate she was just following Prue's advice true yeah that's valid I guess (laughs) 
So now back at the manor outside, we see Kirkin is across the street holding up his hand, obviously still searching. And then it cuts back into the manor and in the stairway, Tara walks down and says, I can't wait for your sisters. Can't I just do the spell myself? And Piper says, no, it's a power of three spell. And she's like, what kind of witch can't kill a demon without her sisters? And she's like, what the hell kind of demon has a panic attack when her boyfriend comes to visit? And then the door opens and Kirkin walks in and Tara looks panicked. Then Piper tells her to freeze him and he uses telekinesis and throws her onto the floor. Then he pulls out a knife to kill her and she says he just pissed off one of the charmed ones and then freezes him. Then Prue and Phoebe walk in and she tells them that she has the spell and runs over to them. Then they start saying it together as he unfreezes and starts kind of slowly melting and dropping this green bottle. And he says, no, I could have helped you. Now she'll destroy you. And then Tara smiles, then gets straight faced so that they don't notice. And Prue and Phoebe both look a little concerned about whatever the hell he means by that. So um, Rip Kirkin. Yep. R.I.P. I know. Poor guy. So I have a, kind of a lot to say about this scene. Do you? Um, okay. Yes. So I'll start with, you know, the whole power of three spell thing. Obviously, that's going to come up again later. But obviously, Kirkin's kind of powerful if it takes a power of three spell to vanquish him. Yeah, more powerful than I thought. One thing I don't love here is, you know, what the hell kind of demon has a panic attack when her boyfriend comes to visit. What Kirkin and Tara have is very obviously an abusive relationship. <laughs> and I get it because we're portraying like evil characters. But it's really hard to take what is so blatantly like he's in total control of her. He created her to be his, like, little, like, love puppet. Like, it's just, like, it's gross. It's really gross. It's really rapey. And I feel like the show kind of just takes a step back from that because she's a villain. And we're not really, like, we see in her the panic, the fear, right? All of this stuff that Holly Marie Combs is bringing to the table so excellently throughout this portrayal. And I feel like we should kind of feel sorry for her. I definitely, I do see what you're saying in a sense. We kind of, they kind of set up this idea of a really abusive, toxic relationship and then didn't really do anything with that. Just kind of left it as like, a, okay, well, she's evil too, so who cares? Yeah. And it's like a little weird when you look at it that way, but I, it kind of didn't really like occur to me like that, you know? I guess and I'm like, just seeing it as like the general. violent with her. Like he throws her and she has no reaction. She's like a deer in headlights. Like, that's so typical of someone who's a victim of, like, violence against them. I know. That's really sad. And it's just, that's like, true. it's hard to see this man so blatantly being an abuser against this woman, but, like, her being the villain of the episode, which I love having her as the villain. I think she's an excellent villain. I just, like, there was enough with the control aspects of it without making it, like, these implications of like sexual and physical violence against her too. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that because it did come across that way. Very rapey and creepy. Yeah. Not a fan. Do better, guys. Not a fan. Yeah. Convenient that the sisters arrived just in time. Love it to see it. I know. Perfect timing. It was almost meant to be. And I'm also interested to see kind of where the thing goes for her. I'm happy that she vanquished her abuser. You know, the I could have helped you. I don't believe you, Kirkin. Yeah, of course not. You're a demon. You wouldn't have done anything. No, literally. But I um, 
I'm definitely looking forward to see what's next because obviously we don't have to worry about Kirkin anymore, but he did make things a little more confusing for the Charmed Ones, which leads me to believe they'll be on some sort of path to figure out what's actually going on with Piper. Yes, and I'd also like to rescind my RIP to him. Don't RIP. Burn in hell. That's <laughs> Burn in hell. <laughs> so then we go up to the attic and the sisters are all walking over to the book and Prue's like, what did you say his name was again? And Tara's Piper says, Kirkin, but he's dead. So what are we doing up here? And Prue says, we have to at least acknowledge that there's some kind of she-demon after us, Piper. She's like, why? And Phoebe points out his words and she's holding the green bottle. And, you know, she says, it was said by a demon. Demons lie. So I say we get rid of the ugly little bottle and get on with our lives. And Phoebe says it's their only clue and that sometimes demons actually tell the truth, which, you know, obviously a hint at Cole. And then Tara says that she has a party to get ready for and starts to leave. Then Prue asks if she's changing her clothes again. And she looks down and says, definitely, then starts to open the door. But Piper again takes control and closes it and says, Prue, I'm dying. And Prue's like, what? And Tara covers it up saying, uh, I'm dying to get out of these clothes. You sure you don't mind if I leave? And they say no, and she goes. I kind of love this. They did it again. Piper being able to regain control a little bit. And as far as her energy obviously being like, who cares anymore, whatever, and the sister's like, like she's not really trying that hard to play Piper and be as concerned. She wants to let it go so that they don't figure out that she can die, you know, or like that yes. they could kill her. But then like once Piper rises to the surface and she has to try to cover it up, she all of a sudden acts all sweet and innocent again and tries to play like Piper. I love it. Yeah, that. like she's very much like, playing this role kind of doing her thing but she's also kind of giving herself away which obviously will come up later so I like this scene I think it's really well done on all their part agreed so then Phoebe asks what's up with her and Prue's like it's funny I was kind of wondering the same thing about you she says Phoebe why did you lie to us why did you say you were going to be at the library all night and she's like oh uh okay I wanted to check out Cole's ancestry and I knew that you wouldn't like it and she goes over and picks up some paper. Then Prue says, you have to know that you can talk to me and I'm not going to judge you. I mean, if you still have feelings for Balthazar. And Phoebe says, no, I don't still have feelings for Balthazar. I still have feelings for Cole. I mean, he was half human. And she says, well, he tried to kill us for two months, Phoebe. Half human or not, that still makes him a bad guy. And Phoebe says, but he didn't kill us because of his good side, Prue, which was very good. I mean, his dad was a statesman who did all these amazing things. Look. And she shows her some papers that she's holding, but Prue doesn't even look at them. And Prue says, his good side and his evil side, they're both dead. And I don't think separating them in your mind is going to help you let him go. And Phoebe says, I just really need to believe in his good side right now, Prue. And Prue says, all right, and that they can just focus on their current demon. And Phoebe agrees, but looks away. And then Prue goes back to looking in the book. So, kind of nice that she's subtly like doesn't say anything but she's also not denying anything so i i kind of like the way they played this conversation yeah i do too and like this scene makes me a lot more like emotionally connected to it than i thought it would the way that 
And Prue's so focused on Phoebe that she's ignoring all the signs with Piper that Phoebe's clearly picking up on here. Mm -hmm. And also the way that Phoebe is her feelings and this interest and this thing she's struggling with and Prue's kind of like trying to stop her from thinking about it, which I get where Prue's like, you need to move on. It's over, whatever. But for Phoebe, it's not. And like, even if she had really vanquished Cole, she is struggling with something. And Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, I've never obviously dated someone who turned out to be a demon, but (laughs) I have dated someone who pretty toxic. And that idea of like trying to take the good parts from the bad parts, I get needing to do that because like, you don't want to see like, oh, I missed all these things. You want to be like, well, there were these good things too. And that's why it's hard to let go of and no one's understanding that part. So I totally get where Phoebe's coming from in this scene. Right, because it wasn't all bad. And I think everybody can kind of relate to that in a certain sense. If you've been through a relationship, it's a lot easier for people on the outside to say these things and kind of look down on these people and change their perspective on people versus someone who was in the relationship and knows a little more of those person's intentions, had trust and love for that person, saw the good side of them, you know? It's a really real thing. And sometimes you do need to separate those things in order to make it hurt a little bit less. And if that's what Phoebe needs to do, I mean, I do understand where Prue's coming from, but, you know, it's not it's not that easy to yeah. just get over someone. And also the way she's, like, not even willing to look at, like, the stuff that Phoebe's presenting her that, like, is obviously in some way helping Phoebe, which I get there's a lot of other things going on. But, like, at the same time, it's, like, you could at least look at the paper and pretend to care about what Phoebe's talking about. I know, like, pretend to care about what Phoebe's fucking going through. Here she is trying to open up to you, and you're like, nah, fuck that shit, let him go. No, because that's (laughs) the thing. This whole time, they're like, Phoebe, you're not talking to us, you're distancing yourself. And here Phoebe is finally saying, this is what I'm going through, this is what I need to do to heal. And she's saying, well, you shouldn't separate his good and bad side. No, no, don't do that. (laughs) No, you're hand- you're handling this all wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. <laughs> like, all right. <laughs> so then we're down in Piper's room and we see Piper's reflection in the mirror and she's saying, okay, we vanquished your boyfriend. Now, why don't you give me my body back and save yourself while you can? And Tara's now wearing this like very sexy, like red shirt and like leather pants looking hot as hell. Hair's out of the bun. It's all like curly and messy. And she says, the only way I know how to get out of a body is a knife to the heart. You don't really want that, do you? She says, so tell my sisters and they'll come up with a spell to get you out of me safely. And then in exchange, we'll let you go free. She says, and give up the power to freeze? A chance to be one of the infamous charmed ones? No, thanks. I'll stay. But don't worry. It'll be over soon. It's easier if you don't fight it. Then Piper in the mirror notices Leo orbing in and says, well, if my sisters don't figure you out and destroy you, my boyfriend Tom will. And then Leo is there in a suit and says, wow, looking at Piper. And (laughs) Tara says, um, Tom, you scared me. I didn't hear the door. (laughs) And he says, the door. Call me Tom. And she says, did I? And then looks at Piper in the mirror and says, forgive me. And then grabs Leo and starts like making out with him. But he is not into it at all and says that her kisses seem different. And she says he's being ridiculous. And then he asks what his name is. And she turns to the mirror and says, you couldn't just leave it 
well enough alone, could you? And then uses her power to throw Leo into the wall and knock him out and says, that's okay. He's too cute to kill. And anyways, by the time he wakes up, you'll be gone. Besides, I have a party to attend and lots to celebrate and then leaves the room. So I love this whole scene. Probably one of my favorites of the episode. It worked mm -hmm. so well for me. I mean, again, the the dynamic between the two of them, Tara being like, no, like I'm staying and Piper trying to talk her out of it and then hit her with that. You're not the only smart one. Got him. I know. Got the Tom to thing is genius. So genius. I loved it. That was such a quick, because she didn't even know he was coming or anything. That was such a quick, like, thought up thing. Obviously, Worked for me Leo so well. would pick up on it. And, you know, the her wanting to keep her power as, you know, someone evil, it makes sense. Demons love power. So it totally, like, everything in the scene is just working really well. I love this plot, and I'm so excited to see where things are going here. Me too, definitely. How are the sisters going to get out of this one? Now the one person who knows is unconscious. I know, the one person who can understand what's going on. Also, the fact that it took Leo so little to figure it out, but, like, she's been giving Prue all these signs and Prue isn't picking up on it. I know. Like, Piper is obviously acting different. Yes. So, now, back up in the attic, Prue and Phoebe are still by the book, and Prue is explaining that alchemists can transform anything and even have the ability to bring the dead back to life. And then Phoebe notices Piper outside the window and says, that's weird. Piper just left without Leo and she didn't say goodbye to us or come up and show us what she's wearing or anything. And then Prue finds the bottle and says that it's an essence bearer. An alchemist would use a bottle such as this to capture or store a life essence. And a life essence is comparable to a human soul, but made in a mixing lab and lethal to the possessed being's pre-existing soul. And she like slowly realizes what's going on and explains it to phoebe like oh piper's been acting weird and this and that and then she's like piper's possessed and they decide to write a dispossessing spell finally prue yeah about time you understood but you know the connections in this scene work um i like the way they're seeing this and of course getting that information about alchemist was interesting i liked learning this little backstory i thought overall this was a good scene it worked for me agreed worked for me too so then we're at P3, and we get the scene that is the reason this episode has its name. Mia, have you seen the movie Coyote Ugly? Oh, no, this is based on a movie? Yes. So Coyote Ugly is a movie that came out around this time. It's about a girl named Piper who moves from New Jersey to New York City and gets a job at this dive bar where what the girls do is they're really mean to the customers but they dance on the bar and pour shots into people's mouth and it's like a really fun movie basically but it's about their experiences working at this bar so that's why this episode is named coyote piper wow i didn't realize that's what it was i wondered mm -hmm. why it was called that yes <laughs> that is so funny i love that yeah so we go into the scene and we see Tara doing like this sexy dance on the bar, pouring shots into people's mouth. And we see Phoebe and Prue walking down the stairs. And Phoebe is saying that she hopes that Prue is wrong and Piper's not possessed. But then obviously, as soon as they see what's going on, they know that it's true. And Prue says that they need to get her alone. And then some girl walks up and asks if they're her sisters. And she thinks Piper's an alcoholic and offers to, like, give her help and talks about how she's sober and, like, gives them her number. 
And like Prue and Phoebe like give her weird looks, which, you know, judgmental and rude. I don't really get why this was there. Um, I just felt like it was like making fun of alcoholism, which I felt like was just so weird to be thrown in there. But whatever, uh, you know, alcoholism isn't a serious disease or anything. <laughs> and <laughs> Missy goes over to yell at her husband because he's like dancing with Piper slash Tara. And like freezes her and just keeps dancing with the husband. And then Phoebe and Prue come over and Phoebe bumps him to her, which unfreezes her and makes her spill her drink all over herself. So she leaves. And then Prue's like, your wife went that way, bye. And he leaves. And then they grab Tara and say they need to show her something. I love this so much. Piper, I must say, absolutely killing it. Mm-hmm. Like that girl, I didn't know she had moves like that. I know. Like, okay, like Piper. we're not used to Piper being like this, like sensual, like, like this is not her energy. This is an energy we get from Phoebe, occasionally from Prue. We never get this from Piper, and it's so fun. No, she's like a little lover girl, not kind of one of those like. And obviously, it's not her per- technically, but like, this is so funny to me to see her like this. She looks sexy as hell. I'll give her that. Not that I um you know, support these men trying to cheat on their wives and, yeah, you know, her taking advantage of that. But, I mean, she looks like she's, Tara's definitely having a good time. That's all that matters. Exactly. <laughs> she's enjoying her new body. Now she's um single and definitely ready to mingle. So her boyfriend's dead. It's time for her to free herself, you know? She just got out of an abusive relationship. She needs to have some fun. I'm exactly. all for it. You go, Tara. It's well-deserved. I like that Missy got a drink spilt on her. She deserved it. Uh, her husband sucks. She should leave him and find someone else, though, because, ew. Yeah. Well, she probably couldn't find someone that much better being with her awful personality. True, but even awful people don't deserve to be cheated on. <laughs> of course not. I just mean it would make it more difficult to find a good person if you're not That's a good true. person maybe she either. needs to like work on herself and then she can find a new partner exactly so now we are in the back alley again and prue and phoebe push her out there and do a spell but it doesn't work and she smiles and she says clever girls piper said you would figure it out although piper won't be saying anything in about a half an hour and phoebe says she's too strong we need the power of three and Prue says, you have 10 seconds to leave on your own. And she says, or what? What are you going to do? Hit me with another rhyming couplet? I'm made from Kierkin's blood, which means I have his powers. Add that to Piper's powers and I'm stronger than your average essence. And then Phoebe starts calling for Leo. And she says, oh, is that the boyfriend? I had to give him a little jolt. He'll be unconscious for a while. And then Phoebe says... You might be able to knock out a white lighter, but don't even think you can take on the charmed ones. And she pulls out the bottle and Tara says, um, the bottle won't work on me unless I'm not in a body. And to get me out, you'd have to kill your own sister. Call me a gambler, but I seriously doubt you're willing to do that. Then Prue throws her into a wall and says, get the hell out of my sister. And she says, all right, and uncovers the dead guy's body from before. And she grabs the knife out of him and goes to stab herself in Piper's chest. But Prue's like, stop. And then she turns and is like, that's what I thought. And then does this really cool flip with the knife and hands it to them all badass and walks away. Yes. 
oh she's so badass i'm in love with her i'm living yeah i'm living for tara i can't even lie like she's so daring she's so fun because the thing is she stabs herself nothing bad happens to her she just goes into a new body right she has nothing to lose here exactly so they know that there's she knows that she could walk away and be fine because there's nothing they can do exactly and i like this you know it makes sense that they can't vanquish her because she's made from kirkin's blood so it took the power of three to stop him it'll take the power of three to stop her too exactly so she's in a pretty good situation right now yeah they're gonna get out of this one i know because she's still playing up that you guys won't hurt your sister thing so i really wonder how they're getting out of this one i know this one seems a little a little difficult you know they're in quite a pickle So then we're back inside of P3 and Prue and Phoebe go to get Piper and Tara to leave with them. And then they all start like fighting each other and her and Prue are like slapping each other. And then Prue does this like karate move and knocks her out. And Missy says to somebody, I knew they weren't that close. (laughs) (laughs) And then Justin walks over and Prue's like, she's probably possessed. A little help to the car and the two of them pick her up and carry her out. I'd be so embarrassed if I was Piper in this situation. No, when Piper, like, I mean, if Piper goes back to her body later, like, (laughs) she was so worried about what her classmates were going to think of her, and then this is what they see, her um, sexy dancing, and then getting the shit beaten out of her at her own club. I know, like, that's awkward as hell. But, I mean, hey, at least she didn't have to see it for herself. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, now everyone just thinks she's an alcoholic, which is apparently humorous to this show. So hilarious. Love it. <laughs> so now we are in the manor in the living room and it's nighttime and they lie a Piper on the couch who is still knocked out. And Prue says, if we can get back the power of three, we stand a chance. And Phoebe says, I still don't understand how this is going to work. And Prue's like, she has the alchemist powers, which means she has the ability to bring the dead back to life. She's like, yeah, but she's not dead, Prue. Is there something you're not telling me? And she's like, Phoebe, I just need you to trust me, okay? And then she tells her to go find Leo and come back. And so she goes, and Prue hides something on the mantle, then sits by her and says, Piper, I know you're in there somewhere, so just try and listen. Just remember that no matter what happens, I'm going to bring you back. I'm so sorry, honey. And she's like crying at this point. And she says, I know you tried to tell me in the attic and I, I'm going to fix it. Okay. I promise I'll bring you back. And she gets up and walks to the other side of the room and then says, please forgive me for what I'm about to do. And she uses her powers to throw the knife that she put on the mantle into Piper's chest. And Leo and Phoebe run in and Leo's like, no. And Phoebe's also freaking out, and then Prue grabs her by the fireplace and, you know, they hides the two of them behind the couch so that the essence can't go into them. And Leo turns and says, I can't heal the dead, and he pulls the knife out, and Tara's essence goes into his body, and Prue says, now you can. And then Tara stands up as our boy Leo and says, that I didn't expect. Little sibling rivalry I failed to take into account. And Prue says, bring Piper back to life and I'll let you keep Leo's body. Refuse and I'll put the knife in his heart and suck you back into that bottle forever. And then she says, but then your sister and her boyfriend would be dead. And Prue says, she's already dead. I have nothing left to lose. Then Prue and Phoebe walk closer, holding the bottle. 
and Tara does the spell to bring Piper back. And she wakes up, and they hand the bottle to Tara and run over to Piper. Then Tara smashes the bottle on the ground, and the sisters start saying the spell to get a dispossessed. Then Tara tries to throw a jolt at them, but Prue deflects it with her powers. And Leo gets dispossessed, and the essence blows up in the air. And they notice that Piper's still bleeding, and they call Leo over to heal her. And he does, and then they hug. What a plan. Honestly, the way really Pro solid. kept it a secret from Phoebe, though, mm-hmm. like that was so perfect. Yeah, I can't no, believe this she worked did that. really well. It did because that's like that's really smart. It's not something I would have, I feel like, been able to figure out. I mean, maybe, but the fact that you have to kill her, like, risk her life. Leo had to be there at the perfect time just to bring her back, and then they hope for the best that Power of Three works to get her out of Leo. You know, like, things could have gone very wrong, but she took a chance, and it paid off, and it worked really well for me. Yes, and, you know, the way they were able to use that power of three spell, it really worked. I like Tara throughout this scene, like, thinking she's got the upper hand, and then losing in the end. It was really effective. Prue outsmarted her, and I like seeing... Prue's a smart girl. I like seeing her play things off like this. Me too. I definitely do, too. I think our boy Leo did a good job at being possessed as well. And Prue, again, once again, kills it with the emotion. And honestly, almost even made me cry in this scene. It's so, so cute. Yeah, the way she's, like, talking to Piper while she's still unconscious is so sweet. And, like, you just know there's that heartbreak in her if this goes wrong. But she has to trust herself and her instincts. And Mm -hmm. she ends up doing the right thing because of it. So it definitely works out for her in the end. Exactly. And I mean, Brian Cross is acting throughout this scene. Amazing. I don't mention it much, but he does emotion really well, too. And we definitely oh, yeah, see he that. does. Yeah, when Piper is dead and he's like, I can't heal the dead before the possession. It's really well done. Agreed. Yeah, no, he does a great job. Even I remember we had talked about that in the episode where he got his powers back. And I I mean, it just it, he's just phenomenal, too. You know, we don't give him enough credit. Yeah, I'm so focused on the amazing women in this show. Sometimes I forget that the men here also do some really impressive and amazing things. Exactly. So then we're at P3, and the sisters and Leo walk down the stairs talking about what Tara did at the reunion. And Leo laughs about the table dancing, and then Prue goes behind the bar, and Piper says that she doesn't care what those people think anyway. And Prue's like, really? That's new. And she says, well, my priorities were a little skewed. And she turns to Leo and says, and thank you for knowing the difference between my kisses and hers. And the two of them kiss. Then she thanks Prue for being brave enough to kill her. And Phoebe says that she's going to call Daryl and tell him about the body in the alley. And wow, we have not seen or heard from Daryl in like five episodes. So I know. Where the hell has he been? I know. Like... Dorian Gregory, do you have another job? Why are you not here? Yeah, what's going on? This should be your priority. They're too busy, I guess, paying all these guest stars to bring him around. It's definitely the case. Yeah. So whatever, Phoebe leaves. Then Justin walks over and says, so you said you were going to explain about the bar brawl. And Prue says, and you waited all this time just for an explanation. And he smiles and so does Piper. And then she calls him out for blushing, and he asks again if he's going to get an explanation, and Prue says, absolutely. He says, when? She says, when you call me, 
and smiles really big and he leaves. And then Piper says, I thought younger guys weren't on your list. And she says, what list? And they clink their beers together. And that's the end of that scene. Very cute. I like that. She kind of, that was pretty smooth of her. Pretty mm -hmm. smooth of him too. So maybe we will be seeing him again. Unless it's one of those things where they act like it and then. Yeah, like it seems like this might be going somewhere. And it was really cute. So I'm hoping we get to see more of them. Me too. And, you know, I like this little shift in Piper kind of realizing that it doesn't matter what these people who aren't in her life think of her, right? I mean, at the end of the day, when's she going to see them again? Next reunion? Yeah, I know. She's got, she's got her, uh, her, her better, her better side came out, you know, the growth came out and she realized, eh, it's not even worth it anymore. Exactly. Not even really going to be a part of my life. And here I am still doing these amazing things. So what does it matter? So now in the back room, Phoebe hangs up the payphone and Leah walks in and asks if she's okay. And she says, I don't know. Then he says, Phoebe, you've got to give it some time. Cole, and she says, seduced me and I let him. On the other hand, Piper was completely overtaken by evil and she fought it every step of the way. And he says, well, seduction is subtler than possession. It's harder to fight. You didn't know Cole was evil. Nobody did. When you found out, you vanquished him. You have nothing to be ashamed of. And she says, he's still alive. And Leo looks shocked. And then she says, for me. Then he looks sympathetic and she says, you know, says it again. He's still alive for me. And then she leaves and he looks after her like concerned. Almost gave herself away there. Almost couldn't resist. But of course saved it. And I gotta say, I love it every time that like, when he's the one that's there for her. I mean, we knew from the start they kind of had, like, a good relationship between the two. These two actors have a lot of chemistry. And it, you know, it it works really well for me. I think that it's so sweet of him to always be there for them and care about what the other sisters are going through, too, and not just focused on Piper. Yes, I love seeing the connection between Leo and the other sisters because at the end of the day, he does have a relationship with all of them. And his and Phoebe's friendship always feels really significant to me. And I think there is a special connection between the two of them. I think we see a lot of like Prue and Piper sticking together. So I love the moments where Leo's really there for Phoebe when she needs it because he is gentler than her sisters. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what Phoebe really needs as she's going through this. So I like that he's the one kind of having this conversation with her. I definitely agree. I like that they made it him instead of one of the other sisters. And the way that he's really, like, sympathetic to her situation, you know, when he says it, because it's so true, like, seduction is subtler than possession. It's yeah. manipulation, and it's playing with the way you feel. So right, that's way everything different. Everything makes total sense, yeah. And it also, you can see the kind of switch up in her energy here, where she's kind of like, now she's starting to feel the regret again and thinks like, okay, I got seduced by evil. Like I should have been fighting it. But before it was like, but he loves me and he never hurt me. You know, like we see that confliction throughout the episode and what's going on in her head. And it makes total sense to me. And I feel like Leo, especially being the one to talk to these girls in the situation, it is his job to guide them, you know, to help them out in situations. And he does a good job at it. I mean, he really is like, the voice of reason and kind of I feel like we noticed that in a lot of episodes he helps them get to where they need to be like he really does his job and I love that 
Yeah, me too. And that was the final scene of the episode. So what'd you think? I loved this episode. Um, I loved our conversation. I didn't know it was going to be like this in depth, but I'm really happy it like got to this place. Me too. I feel like we, I, I wasn't expecting to have this much to talk about with this, but I mean, I guess it was a monster of the week episode more so than anything else, but still it felt like there was a lot going on to discuss. Yeah, like Coyote Piper always feels like just a fun episode to me, but there was actually a lot of like really important stuff. Really excited to see where we go from here. If this whole Phoebe struggling with whether to tell them about Cole is going to be an ongoing thing for a few more episodes, or if we're ending it here and she's just fine with keeping the secret now. Right. Yeah, I'm definitely curious about where, how, you know, how that's going to continue and where that's going to go, you know? Mm hmm. And of course, hopefully Prue and Justin, we see more of them. Mm -hmm. And I'm also happy we had a Piper-centric episode. That's really fun. And I like that. Me too. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you want to reach out to us or follow us on social media, we're on Instagram and TikTok at rewitched underscore pod. Or you can send us an email to rewitched.pod at gmail.com. Also, if you would like to subscribe to our Patreon, we have several monthly tiers available at patreon.com slash podcast. Either way, we appreciate you listening and hope you'll join us back next time for season three, episode 10, We All Scream for Ice Cream. <laughs>